Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'll be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew today as we uh, navigate the latest aviation news and information here on the first official broadcast of Just Plane Radio in 2020. Welcome, Dennis. How are you, buddy? Happy New Year. Thank you, Greg. Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah. Now, uh, we're going to talk about some things that you did on New Year's Eve, but we got to catch up on some stories to start the new year off right. And, um, <laughs> you know, we're not ones to start rumor and innuendo, and I say that uh with a but we're more than willing to spread them. Yes, we might perpetuate a few. And which brings us to our first big story that kind of happened towards the end of uh, 2019. And that would be, well, uh, two incidents. There was a fire of a Cirrus jet at Santa, Ma- uh, Santa Monica Airport. And then there's a, an explosion at the Textron, Textron plant in, uh, well, that was in Wichita, right? Yeah, the the factory that's actually building the new Sky Courier, their new twin-engine cargo plane for FedEx. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the Cirrus jet first because, you know, it, it's obviously uh, a sad, you know, state of affairs to hear about a plane burn up, uh, let alone, you know, while flying. But this one was, it was just parked. It was a business-owned uh, company jet, evidently, and it was just parked. And uh, they say it was an electrical fire, but it burned up. And the pictures are all over the internet, and, and it's sad because you know this is one of those new Cirrus, uh, and relatively new, like a 2017, one of these uh, Cirrus jets, and it looked like oh my gosh, what an awesome airplane! And it's sad to see that thing go up in smoke, literally. But then, I guess that's one way to upgrade to a Cirrus jet version two if you got stuck with the version one. Right? Well, yeah, you know, first you see the pictures, you're like, oh, that's so sad. I feel bad for those folks, and then you start seeing the comments on social media under it, and like, well, it was the end of the year. It's time to time to cash in on those insurance claims. And I was like, what? What's going on here? It's like you know uh, the you know the business trying to do a a last minute uh, claim in before. <laughs> end of the year well, i guess it, you can break the lease on that hangar rent now right and you know that was one of the things and then the other thing you know santa monica airport has been known to uh be less than uh pilot friendly over the last few years uh, the local community has been trying to shut them down a little bit or limiting this and limiting that complaining about noise and god knows what else and so so their comments like well that's what happens when you piss off the locals I'm like, what is going on? All these conspiracy theories start throwing out there like uh, immediately. Uh, I, I thought I would read this stuff like, oh, man, what a beautiful plane to see him go up. And some- nope, it was like right to the conspiracy theories. Well, you know, Santa Monica has been pretty aggressive about trying to keep jets out. And I guess if they set it on fire and leave the wreckage there as a warning to others, we're going to send them a message. Stay away. Yeah. I'm going to put its fuselage on a pike. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I mean, there was the other typical things too. Like, Hey, I wonder if someone just left their iPad in the, 
you know, on, on the dash there, and they had an electrical fire because that's what the the fire department. Maybe it was their it was. Segway in the back seat. You know, one of those hoverboard things, right? You know, but but it was funny the the comments you read. It is like like well, you know, it's pretty easy to uh, you know make it look like in a quote unquote electrical fire, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, uh, you know, nothing to back up these theories, by the way, and which. You know, was I? I well, just why found would it. You want inter- <laughs> I just, why would you want to have that to interfere with a good story? Ex- exactly. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story, which is why we're talking about it. So once again, we're not starting these rumors and innuendos. We're just perpetuating them. I just, I you know, I, I find it just kind of humorous that everybody, you know, it's just human nature to speculate like that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, we we all think we know, and uh, you know, like you said, with Sam and Monica having its. Uh, animosity towards uh, aviation in general you know the, the, obviously the people would first think the the worst possible cause instead mm-hmm. of the hey nobody got hurt the airplane's fine it's right. insured everybody's you know best case scenario no 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 <laughs> it, it was santa monica sending a message right uh, it's just a interesting scenario i just didn't expect that uh and i guess i should have but uh i don't know i just found this kind of humorous and, you know, we don't know what the truth is. I mean, it'll be months before they figure out in, indeed what caused, you know, the fire that burned up this uh, aircraft. And, and you know, and I don't blame, uh, I, I you know, I, the the business that owned it, I have know nothing about them. And I wish them the best. And if I was them, I'd probably be pretty upset. <laughs> Well, yeah. and let's let's hope that there's you know some good that comes out of this as well. I mean, yeah, it's a shame we lost a great airframe. You know, we we don't have enough airplanes as it is, but you know maybe there's a bigger problem that they you know find within the Cirrus jet fleet that you know. Oh God, we, don't start that. You know, hey, but I'd rather have it find out about it now and give them a chance if there is a problem. But like you said, it could just as well have been somebody's iPad mm-hmm. or a battery brick in there that you know that could have caused the fire. Right. We don't know yet. Well, you know, it's speculation. We we don't know. But I guess, you know, that's what social media is for. It was just kind of, uh, you know, feel free to go peruse the social media about this. Your broomsticks and your pitchforks and your brooms and yeah, and then we'll wait for the real story. Right. Take it with a grain of salt. But, yeah, the speculation is definitely out there. Now, the other uh, story we were referring to is this uh, explosion, actually, at the Textron plant. Now, this was a little bit more serious. Obviously, it turned into a fire, you know, and burned up a bunch of stuff, I guess. But uh, but they kind of know that it had something to do with, what, uh, nitrogen or something being pumped in? What was it again? What did they well, it say? It was a liquid nitrogen storage uh, tank that ruptured. So, you know, kind of like a scuba tank exploding. It was mm-hmm. something along that line, high-pressure nitrogen, that actually caused the uh, the building to <laughs> basically buckle outward from that sudden blast of pressure so you know it could have been a lot worse had it been an actual fire type of explosion it could have been a lot more damage more likely that someone would have gotten you know severely hurt as it was i think uh only one person was actually injured in the incident right now this happened right before uh the end of the year as well so well it happened right before christmas so yeah everybody was more or less off work so it was a best case scenario hardly anybody in the hangar what a good time to have a problem. <laughs> I have not seen the social media threads on this one. 
Is oh, like, oh, I thought we, I thought there was one of the one of those going on too. No, I, I'm just assuming they're out there. Surely, if they're going to speculate about this uh, Cirrus aircraft, they're going to speculate about this and like, yeah, well, wasn't doing that well. Let's just blow up the building. Insurance, you know. I'm sure it's out there. Once again, we didn't start it. We're just perpetuating it, and it just find it uh, mildly amusing. I, I'm sure it's just a you know act of God kind of thing, and and you know it's it's sad. But you can't help find some, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, interest in like, you know, these things happen all at once. I guess there should be a third one, right? You no, know, please don't, 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 don't encourage it. Well, maybe it's out you there. Know. We just haven't heard about it yet. But, you know, these both happen towards the end of the year. And uh, hopefully no one's trying to send, a, you know, us aviator enthusiasts a signal or a sign. <laughs> well, and and let's hope that you know it doesn't impact the the Sky Courier program much at Cessna because they just announced a big milestone on that project where they had mated the wings to the fuselage for the first time, so it was really starting to come together, and they were expecting to have a first flight sometime in 2020. Mm-hmm. So you know, let's hope that this doesn't set that whole program back because I'm very intrigued to see this airplane fly. You know, yeah. What's unique about this uh, particular aircraft? It's a twin. What? Well. It's a twin turboprop, mm-hmm. um, about the size of a King Air, but it's being designed specifically around holding three standard uh, airline cargo containers. Uh, FedEx has kind of specced out the fuselage design to be able to use as a freighter for them, so they can just roll in the containers right off of one of their big jets onto this to fly out to the smaller facilities. And uh, obviously, once uh, once they get the initial ones flying as a cargo, they are looking at converting it into a passenger version as well. So it could become a nice, uh, you know, short field takeoff capable, you know, executive transport. So maybe we can see some floats on it at some point. Oh, well, there you go. That sounds kind of cool. But because uh, there's a twin engine as opposed to a caravan, which is a single. So now, you know, you got that extra uh, safety factor there if you're going to go heading out over the Caribbean. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see where this goes. Sure. And I would hope it wouldn't be delayed uh, either. But, I mean, the explosion was pretty substantial, I believe. So, I mean, I guess it just, uh, we'll have to wait and see, you know, as they go through uh, all the damage, What you know, how much it uh, has affected production. And hopefully if it has, it won't be major. It'll just be, a, you know, some adjustments they got to make. So we wish them the best for the new year. And uh, if anybody is trying to send... Us aviators, a message. Please stop blowing stuff up or setting it on fire. There's uh, better ways. Just uh, send us an info at justplaneradio.com. That'd be way better. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. All of a sudden, here comes my pilot, and oh, God. These guys are that cool, you just want to slug them. It's just not fair. They got the good hair, the good chin. They got that eyebrow that's always cocked. Nobody ever asks a pilot, what do you do for a living? Because they're like, what the hell do you think I do? Look at my eyebrow. And he is so cool. He goes, Bill, relax. I've been flying for 20 years, and I've only had to eject three times. Everything went great. You bragging about that? He goes, I'm just kidding. I've never had to eject. Oh, (laughs) lucky me, I got the funny pilot. (laughs) What kind of sick joke is that? This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor, co-pilot, that is me, Law Captain Dennis. We are your crew today navigating the latest aviation news and information on the first show for 2020. Welcome aboard. All right, so, um, you know, there's been some other stuff happening. Uh, being in holiday mode, uh, it, it's kind of slowed things down here for a lot of businesses. And, uh, you know, I'm still kind of recovering myself uh, after... Uh, you know, some fun times here with the family and friends and stuff. And I'm sure everybody else is too, but you didn't let that keep you from getting some aviation uh, training done. Is that right, Dennis? That's right. Uh, actually I took advantage of the fact that everybody was pretty much tuckered out and done uh, on Christmas night and, uh, hunkered down to some self-studying and, uh, went out the day after Christmas and took my FAA, uh, CFI instrument written exam. Oh, wow. Okay, so you actually got something very uh, substantial done in, uh, in your training. So you took the test, you got 100%, and everything is peachy, right? 
No, I didn't quite do that. What? One. I only got a I only got a ninety eight. Only a ninety eight. So I missed one question. I'm still kicking myself because I should have should have known that it was a stupid, obvious overlook. Really? Okay. So this question obviously is going to haunt you from here to eternity. So let's go ahead and share what one tripped you up. Was it a trick question, or was it you're like, oh, I knew that, or was it like, it wow, was, that was I, I should have known. Yeah, no, it was, I should have known. It was uh, on an instrument approach. Um, it was asking what altitude can you start your uh, descent, assuming you're over this point. And if you look at the diagram, it was showing like 2,200 feet. What I didn't uh, pay attention to was the little note in the corner that says you have to stay at like 2,800 feet until you hit a certain fix, then step down. So there was a little note and it's all in the details and the FAA got me. Mm. So you got to step down to 2,800 feet at, at what point? Well, you you start at whatever altitude you're coming into the airport at. Um, right. You can get down to 2,800 feet once you're at your initial approach fix. And it says once you then, as you're continuing the approach, you can descend to uh, the lower altitude once you cross this particular point on the approach. Mm-hmm. And it's in there, but it's a really small note off to the side in smaller text, and I didn't catch it. Uh, as I was looking at the question, because, hey, I was uh, taking the test a little bit too quick. Yeah. How many questions was it? Was it was actually 50 questions. All right. And for those that think that the uh, instrument instructor written is a real bear of a test, you know, they do give you two and a half hours to take it. I was uh, done in less than a half hour. It really isn't hard if you study. Right. If you only want a 98%, like Dennis. Yeah. But you might get tripped up and you might miss one. And kick yourself from here to eternity. But you'll never forget that 2,800 feet thing now, will you? No, I won't. I'll be looking for those notes uh, forever. And I'm sure my examiner, when it comes time for the check ride, is going to say, okay, what did you do? Right. So did you have to <laughs> How'd go- How'd you miss one? Did you have to go through uh, the question you missed with uh, the person uh, you know, giving you the test or no? Or you just had no, to look at um, it? At the test center, they give you the option to see what questions you missed, mm-hmm. and then it's your ex- your instructor or an instructor's job to review the sections that you missed prior to taking your written or ta- taking your actual practical check ride. So, uh, you know, fortunately, it was only one question to remember. So, as soon as I got home, I I dove into the test bank and found the particular question, found the matching approach plate, printed them out, and put them with my test results so that I can show the examiner this is what I screwed up. I right. know it. <laughs> Yeah, and he goes, oh, yeah, I've, I've never heard that excuse before. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that that actually is, is pretty impressive, though. Yeah, 98%, I'd take it. Heck, yeah, man. Yeah, you know, and I thought about it. If I would have got 100%, maybe it would have caused him the, to question me more uh, when it came time to take the check ride because- We got a cheater! A perfect score. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Hey, boy, did you just study the answers and memorize them all and go take the test? Right. No. We're going to find out by quizzing you right now and find out if you really know this. But, and maybe uh, we'll have to ask Ed that. You know, if Ed, if you ever have, uh, you know, uh, a pilot come in with 100% on the written, are you going to dig into it a lot harder with them to see if they really know it? Hmm. That might be a good question for our, our resident examiner. I think you'd find out pretty quick if they didn't know what they were doing, though, because you're talking about the when when they get up in the airplane and they go over this before you know, that, uh, that, that flight in the pre-flight, well, this you're going to find before it. you get it. Yeah. During the oral is, yeah. you know, you're going to spend a couple hours on the ground and, uh, the that, that actually, be you know, able to makes and breaks the check ride. Right. Is the oral. 
Yeah. He's going to be able to tell if like, hey, wait a minute. He got 100% and he doesn't know this. Uh, hey, bing, 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 red flag. I'm going to ask him some more probing questions and mm-hmm. really make him squirm. Right. So uh, we'll have to see. But when, So when do you do your check ride for all this stuff? Uh, I'm not sure yet because I'm still working on, you know, some of the flight stuff here and the weather uh, up north has not been all that great. In Mm -hmm. fact, uh, we've been grounded all throughout the Christmas break here because we've had, as you've seen on the news, uh, ice storms and snow and slush and it's, it's been quite. Buses sliding down the streets of Minnesota. Yeah. That was actually only a mile away from my hangar. If if you guys saw the picture of that school bus going sideways doing the Tokyo drift, yeah, mm-hmm. that was right up by um, by the airport I fly out of. Yeah, how would you like to be that poor sap? <laughs> or the kids in the back that have absolutely no control. Oh, they had to be having a blast. They had to think this was the coolest thing ever. But uh, you know, he he would have been freaking out. Oh, what yeah. do you think? The bus driver definitely needed a change of uh, wardrobe after yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and the guy taking the video <laughs> where the bus was like <laughs> There's a bus coming, coming towards him. Like, whoa, hey, wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah. So, yeah, Minnesota, just that's where uh, Captain Dennis lives, and we're glad we're not him. You know, but hey, you can pop in your plane and fly wherever you need to go. Uh, but and, and you got the proper training. Now, uh, we got another story where someone decided to skip that part. <laughs> And just, they hopped into the plane. <laughs> right. But they didn't get the, not not only did they not get the proper training, I don't know that they got any. Did they? Or do we know about this guy? No, well, according to the girl's mother, um, she had absolutely no training at all mm-hmm. and actually couldn't even drive a car. So why she thought she could jump the fence at the, the Fresno airport and hop into a Beechcraft King Air and somehow manage to start an engine is beyond me. Aha. Uh-huh. Those crazy Californians. They think they can do everything. How old was she? She was pretty young, She was right? 17. 17, okay. So she could have got some training, but she decided to take a, a shortcut and didn't really pan out. We'll explain what happened next right here on Just Playing Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis, navigating the latest aviation news and information here for the first time in 2020. And we're making do. You know, uh, Captain Ed and Keith uh, from uh, Flight Training Professionals, they've been uh, definitely in holiday mode. So we've been giving them a break uh, from me. <laughs> so, but uh, they're threatening what to join us. What better gift could we give them? Exactly. Right? It's the gift that just keeps on giving, uh, possibly. We'll see. They may not want to come back next week. No, I, they've, they, they're planning on it. So you'll hear uh, some more logical voices, at least as far as it comes from my comments. Uh, starting next week, hopefully. All right. So uh, this girl, 17 years old, Fresno, California, uh, decides she wants to take a plane for a ride. This was a twin-engine what again? A Beechcraft King Air. So wow. Pretty good-sized uh, turboprop. And she just decided she was like, I can do this. I Sure, I have no training, but what the heck? 
I got to get away from uh, the family. I'm running away from home or something or flying, thinking. And she got as far as getting at least one of the engines started. Is that right? That's right. She she actually had to climb the fence and uh, hopped inside of an airplane parked in front of the FBO, managed to spin up uh, one of the engines. And as soon as it you know came up to speed, it started to turn around. And that's when it crashed into the, the wingtip, into the fence and into the side of the building. Right. Uh, so she actually wasn't able to get the second one started before people came rushing out and probably the uh, engine stopped after it hit the building. Right. Any comment from her other than, oh, crap. <laughs> Right. No, uh, the, the, you know, obviously they're not releasing her name because she's a minor, but, yeah. uh, you know, the mom did say that she's had, she didn't even know how to drive, no formal training. I don't know what she was thinking, but apparently she had run away from home, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of days earlier. So, right. And, you know, a bus ticket being as much as it is, this would be much more efficient, faster. So she thought. But I'm just amazed that she was able to get it started. You know, Austin and I were talking about this and, you know, if you ever have to start a jet engine, which is obviously on a bucket list for me, I want to be able to start a turbine and right. it's not just turn the key and hit start. Well, she it's probably played around with the flight program there on Xbox or, you know, one of those apps on her iPhone. Ah, I could do it. How hard can it be? And evidently it's harder than she thought, but hopefully she'll be okay. More coming up. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me, Lala Captain Dennis. All right, so uh, we got to get some drone news, start the new year off correctly, as uh, I just insist on doing it a week in and a week out, just because it's fun. You know, uh, drones are kind of an annoyance to private pilots for sure, but we got to be aware of what they're doing, and FAA is trying to even clamp down on it a little bit more right now by uh, taking the next step on tracking these little bugs that uh, can create issues for us private pilots. Uh, Isn't that right, Dennis? Well, and it's not necessarily for creating problems, but to better integrate them into the system. You know, drones today are still kind of a hobby, but as you've seen with uh, what UPS, FedEx, uh, Amazon are all trying to do, they're going to become part of our package delivery future. It's not a matter of if, but when. Mm -hmm. And somehow we're going to have to safely be able to identify where those drones are so that they don't interfere with, you know, the existing manned planes that are out there. And the obvious, you know, solution would be, well, just put ADS-B on them like we do with the airplanes. But the scope of the drones are so large compared to the fleet of GA planes, it just wouldn't work. You know, they're they're talking over one and a half million drones are currently out there. Um, And compared to, you know, maybe a quarter million airplanes total, 
And so if we had everybody's little hobby drone showing up on our Avenine displays, it would be so cluttered, it wouldn't make it, you know, it'd be almost impossible to use. So the FAA is trying to come up with a better way to remotely identify where those drones are so that they can see and avoid themselves. And if they become a problem for manned aircraft, that we have a way to integrate them. Right. So it'll be their own version of ADSB. Is that what right. it is? Right. So the FAA has published um, a notice of proposed rulemaking to establish a standard for what they're calling remote ID. And it's going to be a combination of either onboard avionics that will talk directly to the internet in some form or fashion, or it'll be an app that connects through your smartphone, probably for the hobbyists, uh, which then connects to the internet to take the position information from the drone and uplink it to some central uh, air traffic control system, for lack of a better term. Yeah, this is going to be a big problem, though. Uh, right now, the comment period is underway. I think we got about, I don't know, it's 60-day comment period, and it just started, uh, obviously, this year, I guess, or at the beginning of the year. But the problem you're going to have, we were talking about the conspiracy theories uh, earlier uh, on the show. Can you only imagine what's going to be said now? Oh, Big Brother is going to be watching everything you do with your drone now. Well, right? there's the warning that the uh, Chinese, uh, you know, have a backdoor in all these drones anyway because they're the leading manufacturer of these things. So if uh, the U.S. and the FAA want to set in a tracking device that would go out on the Internet, I'm just telling you, we don't start the rumors. We just perpetuate them. <laughs> Oh, and I can see this being spun around the other way, too. Great. Now we got all these drones all communicating to a central database. Now Duh. somebody could hack that and Sounds like a movie. control those drones and send a swarm of them to attack you. Mm. Uh, I think I've seen that one. It's called Angels Fallen or something right. like that. There's that one. <laughs> it, it could be incorporated into the next Die Hard. Yeah. Yeah, it should be because they already tried that once with, the, oh, we're going to go and hack this and make the uh, ILS approach 200 feet low and crash the airplane. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to maybe read some of the comments they get, because I have a feeling this isn't going to go as smoothly as they would like it to. Uh, is, it's just my gut feeling. Well, I will see, well, you know. The key is right now, they're, this is just the proposal for the rule. This isn't the implementation of it. This, they're uh, setting the guidelines for what we want to be able to do, and then it'll take them, you know, 10, 20 years probably to figure out all of the logistics of getting it in and deployed. Well, I don't but know about they, that. They've been they've been tracking this drone stuff pretty quickly. You know? Right, but we've been talking about next gen since I got my pilot's license back right. in 1988. But, but, the, but the drone thing is happening so quickly. I will yeah. give uh, the FAA credit. They have been moving a lot faster at trying to get, uh, you know, you know, get their hand around this thing or, you know, get their head around how to manage the, the drone uh, delivery situation like you were talking about with Amazon and everybody else that wants to use the, this technology. You know, first it was like registering, you know, having to register your drone for all the hobbyists and you know they were up in arms about that a little bit initially and then you know the next step is like now you got to pay a little bit of a fee cover the paperwork and they were whining about this hey, i'm just telling you it's going to get to a point where they're they're going to start to create a stink and it, it's just going to be tougher and tougher i think to get uh, forward but the fact that they moved as fast as they have over the last couple of years for the drone management system as far i'm impressed how fast they've been moving now, maybe well, the bar is really low for what I expect <laughs> from the FAA. For, for the FAA, 
typical glacial progress. Yeah, this is yeah. definitely uh, a record uh, record setting adoption. But mm-hmm. I think what they also have going in in their favor is just the fact that the technology is is uh, come such a far you know such a long way too. When next gen was initially proposed, you know, which was now our ADSB, we didn't even have the thought of uh, anything like our five G networks and cell phone coverage and things like that. It, it the data on a phone that wasn't even a uh, concept back then, right? And now you've got Elon Musk and uh, launching clusters of satellites to create a Starlink global internet. Uh, I can see that playing perfectly into the the the, uh, the plans here for some sort of a remote ID because. All you'd need is a very small radio receiver and have a direct connection to the internet over mm-hmm. Starlink's network. Yeah. The FAA wouldn't have to deploy a, an extensive ground station network like they did to enable ADSB. They could piggyback off of a commercial offering okay. or maybe use the existing cell networks. Well, it's not hard. The geniuses are going to find a solution, hopefully, because it's be, you know, it's beyond my, uh, capacity for sure. I'll be the first to admit it, but you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said, the the comet period's going on now, and we'll see if it kind of you know sails through without much uh, to do. But I have a feeling it's going to hit some roadblocks because, like I said, with all the Chinese uh, issues out there with uh, drones in particular being the manufacturing issues that the U.S. has already uh, raised with uh, the yeah. kind of the tech, you know, the back doors and the technology, the conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff are going to come out of the woodwork. I just, my prediction and I'm hoping I'm wrong. So, well, and there's potentially some privacy implications yeah, too. You that's know, what I mean. Yeah. Some companies don't want to see the, what they're doing with the drones being made publicly available because it might be part of some, you know, proprietary um, thing that they're working on and don't want their competitors to, to get an upper hand on it by mm-hmm. watching what they're doing. Right. And so there, there's definitely some things that will need to be addressed. And that's what the point of the comment period is. You know, I'm optimistic that, you know, we'll get some good feedback and they'll take that into consideration and we'll have a good plan going forward. But yeah. it is the government and we all know what happens. Well, uh, if, if you haven't stopped doing it already, quit nude sunbathing in your backyard. Is it's going to show up on the internet eventually if it hadn't already done it? You just don't. Well, know I'm not it. allowed to do that because I blind satellites from the reflection of my white pasty skin. <laughs> you don't want people to go blind, <laughs> but that's a whole nother issue, I think. But uh, hey, if you're into that thing, God bless you. But just know it's it's that whole thing is coming if it hadn't already hit us. All right, so uh, they're going to track the drones. Uh, if you haven't stayed up with your ADSA or ADSB in and out which was due at the first here, uh, you are in trouble. <laughs> but you do well, have you're not some in trouble. Options. Well, you're not in trouble, right? You can't fly your plane unless you get a, uh, a special, uh, well, uh, what it's is a it? Waiver. A waiver, right. And they, the FAA has set up a specific waiver just for this purpose. If you, for whatever reason, have put it off too long and did not get your uh, receiver installed, uh, by the January one deadline, correct? Right, and and remember, it's not not everybody needs ADSB, but if you are flying within thirty miles of major airports or above ten thousand feet, that's considered rural airspace, and you have to equip. But if you're outside of that, you know, if you're out in the middle of North Dakota, there's no need for you to equip. But if you do want to fly into Fargo, you may need to get an exception. And so now the FAA's work is automating it because they clearly don't want to have pilots calling the air traffic control tower at the airport to get permission. So they've set up, uh, they call it the, uh, 
ADAPT program. It's mm-hmm. a ADSB deviation pre-flight tool. You can go in there up to 24 hours in advance and apply for a waiver and be given, uh, uh, you know, basically an authorization to fly in rural airspace, even if you're not equipped with ADSB. Yeah. And ideally, you're using that flight to fly to an installation uh, place to get it put in. But, or maybe if you don't need it, maybe not. Maybe you're right. But there you go. You do have a, an option. You're not totally left out in the cold. So now you know. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Captain, cabin's ready and doors are closed. All right, gentlemen, it's time to get high and also fly this old bird. Just a little captain's joke. I never get high when I'm flying unless I mistime the edible. Another captain's joke. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with uh, Captain Dennis. We are navigating the latest aviation news and information for the first time in 2020. All right, so we have all these, uh, you know, fires of airplanes and explosions and manufacturing plants. And, you know, you might have seen the story about the helicopter in Hawaii that crashed. They couldn't find it for a while, but they did find it. And evidently, 
uh, that ended uh, up unfortunate, uh, to say the least, as they found the wreckage. But I, I don't, did you see much about that, by the way, that the helicopter on the, I guess it was on the north side of the Hawaiian Islands, they found it, but it had taken off in rain and supposedly it was like 28 mile per hour wind. So it couldn't have been a very good flight situation to take off. But, but the company had a spotless record up until this incident. So who knows what we'll find out about that if there was a mechanical or whatever. But it does sound like the conditions might have uh, played a factor. We'll just have to wait and see. Is that what you saw too, Dennis? That's what I saw. I saw fog in, as well, which, you know, is kind of surprising because, you know, Hawaii is typically known for some pretty pretty good weather pretty much year-round. So this was definitely uh, an exception. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the area, I think they do have fog fairly common because of the probably the volcanic activity and that kind of stuff. But evidently, the winds were like 28 miles per hour. I would, I would think that would be pretty substantial for a helicopter, wouldn't you? That's pretty substantial for a... Uh, you know, a GA aircraft, I wouldn't. Yeah, it'll get your attention. Right. So, you know, I, I would imagine it was blowing these helicopters around quite a bit, but who knows? Like I said, I don't want to speculate too much. We'll leave that to the internet. They'll uh, come up with their conspiracy theories as uh, they've been doing on these other stories that we've been covering today. So, but I'll tell you what, let's kind of change gears and finish off the first uh, show of 2020 with something a little bit more positive. What kind of plane was doing this little thing for the archdiocese or something? Well, what was well, this it was, all about? It was a crop duster, you know, like dusty crop hopper from the, from the Disney show planes. Right. It was an actual crop duster that the diocese hired to conduct a mass blessing with holy water of, uh, public areas within uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get the same uh, impression I did. You know, here's the airplane okay, coming wait, over. Wait. Lafayette, uh, it was uh, Louisiana. I mean, I don't know. How far away is that from uh, New Orleans? Is it too I'm far? Not sure. I have to actually look at a map. Did they figure like New Year's Eve kind of got out of hand and they had to do well, take it to a whole new level and just like spray the whole area? You know, there's a lot of people that could say the whole country could use a little dose of yeah. uh, holy water, you know. It's an interesting concept. I, I, you know, I'm not necessarily against it. But yeah. that was their justification is that by hiring the airplane to spread the holy water, they could bless more area in shorter time. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to drive around with the little hand wand, you know, I bless you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, interesting use of aviation. I guess. I, you know, I don't know how it works. Um you know, I mean, do you have to be aware that you're uh, being, you know, holy water's being thrown on you? Or will you just I, know? I guess it's more if you take it and as a matter of faith, you know, if you, you say, believe hey, it's that rain. the water's Why? blessed, a, rain, a rainstorm could be considered holy water. And yeah, you're looking at uh, your buddy and like, hey, dude, why are you like burning up and turning to ash? What's going on? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, then I guess you would know. Uh, yes, and, uh, the poor vampires that were sacrificed right. in, in this yeah, that's that's pretty. How do you get that gig though? Do, I mean, uh, I would assume the guy was a devout Catholic or something that they hired, or do we know anything? No, I'm guessing he was just a crop dusting pilot, and instead of putting chemicals in the hopper, you know, fill her up with 100 gallons of fresh water, have the priest do a blessing, and take off. There you go. I love it. You know, why didn't this get more coverage? This is a big story. I think it would have been better if it was like over Christmas. I think. But I guess they just figured more people needed it. Oh, well, I don't know. When did they actually do this? Was it a Christmas thing? 
Yeah, it was the week of Christmas. Okay, so all during right. that holy so week. So I mean you probably need to do it both times. Like, you know, like on Christmas Eve or something, it would be a, a nice, you know, a cool little Christmas thing to do. And then, you know, on New Year's Day when everybody did things on New Year's Eve that they weren't supposed that they're to regretting. <laughs> right. Uh, I was like, hey, we figured you could use a little rinse after that debauchery last night. Oh, geez. But it was only. Maybe uh, they should use that in New Orleans during uh, Mardi Gras as well, well, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty the party there pretty much goes year round. But you're right. It could be something incorporated into, uh, you know, for the whole country. It could be, This could be a whole new gig. Hey, what, what, what do you do uh, in the aviation community? I fly holy water. And spray people with it. You know, they don't know it. They just think it's an afternoon misting, you know, and I'm spraying some kind of toxic chemical on them or something. But no, no, the angels are crying, and this stuff will actually do you some good. So, I don't know. I think it's a – I love this type of story. I do. It's a creative way to, uh, you know, use your plane. And, you know, whether you think it works for you or not, I mean, that's a positive, right? Well, church organizations have been using airplanes for years, you know, missionary airlift and all of these to be able to, you know, uh, get to remote areas and underserved areas and be able to minister in the uh, in the Africa's wilds and things like that. So this is just another extension of that. It's another way to leverage aviation to spread that message. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, when you say that, I, I kind of flash back to like Timmy, uh, you know, Jim and Timmy Faye Baker and all the stuff they bought, but yeah, you're talking about the more positive things they're using. Right. right. Yeah. Not the, I need a, I need a bigger jet now for my ministry. Right. Yes. But, you know, if they just incorporated like a, you know, a little holy water into the commercial flights, they could cover the whole, you know, the entire country in no time. Like, hey, hey we uh, just get one of those fire bombers like they're using in California. Yeah. Think of how much you could do with a 747 water bomber. Right. We had a one full swoop would bless everybody and, and kill all the vampires at the same time. It's a win-win. And on that weird note, we'll wrap it up for our first <laughs> show of 2020. Until next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. 